Is that good? Yeah, you look good, man. If you're comfortable, cool. I'm ready to sit. Perfect. Um, I thought you might be like, you know, styling and profiling like Ric Flair. You know, I, I try uh. to bring <laughs> a little bit of flair with uh, with my chain uh, on the program. But um, also, I, I wanted to joke with you, too. I should have gotten my hair wet like Triple H, man. That would have been, I would have made it more like a wrestling match, but. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. No, I just got done at the gym. So I, I was running behind this morning. I was like pushing to get, be ready by one o'clock. So. Hey, uh, no problem, but thanks for being here. Uh, Dylan Bostic, pro wrestler, boxer, actor, and rapper uh, joining the program today. And uh, are you from Indianapolis originally? Dylan, or? So I'm, I'm from Shelbyville, Indiana. So like 40 minutes um, east, but yeah okay um and i went to uh carmel high school did a lot of broadcasting okay. there uh yeah. did football broadcasting uh did you play sports in, in high school yeah i played basketball um i played for morristown for a couple of years and then i played for southwestern my senior year so um played for two different schools but yeah i played basketball <laughs> throughout high school but i was already uh pro wrestling on shows when I was 15. So I was a freshman in high school when I first started doing live independent wrestling shows. Okay. And, um, were you interested in the Olympic style wrestling in high school or at any point? Or... Uh, yeah. So I liked, uh, wrestling, but actually the schools that I went to, uh, were too small. So we didn't have wrestling teams. Um, so like when I was in elementary and middle school, I wrestled on, uh, the school wrestling teams when I was at new pal. Okay. Um, but yeah, so my schools were too small. Well, and I think that uh, pro wrestling has always been part of American culture, and I think it's becoming more mainstream with it being more corporate, but uh, I still get some scoffs when I tell people that I'm a pro wrestling fan. Uh, for people that don't understand it, how would you define what pro wrestling is? <laughs> uh, I mean, really, it's hard to explain to someone that doesn't know what it is. Yeah. Um, you know, so what I always would tell people is like, you should just come to an event, check it out and see if it's for you or it's not. And majority of people, it will be for them. They'll at, at least have fun and enjoy themselves and probably come back a couple more times. But right. it's it's hard to explain to someone that doesn't understand, you know, they don't they don't <laughs> get it. So uh, the simplest definition, I'm going to use Shawn Michaels. Uh, his dad called it uh, an athletic soap opera. Uh, right. you know, that's a good way to kind of explain the whole storylines of things. And, uh, yeah, I wanted to ask you too. I mean, did you have a uh, theater experience or want to be an actor when you were a kid growing up? No, actually, uh, I didn't really even think about that as a kid. Think that you could be a movie star. I thought movies were real, you know, when I was a kid, <laughs> I just thought it was real. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, uh, I mean, that's a good way to put, put it, but you could also like, say like the UFC is an athletic soap opera too. Like right. everything transitions into, you know, the entertainment side of things. Um, so, I mean, that that's, you know, we've always said an athletic soap opera. I didn't really like to say that because soap operas are pretty cheesy. Right. They're not, you know what I mean? Which wrestling <laughs> is too, but, yeah. uh, but yeah, so, um, uh, I mean, that is a good way to put it, but I still don't think that people, even when you tell them that they get the concept, like, you know what I mean? So yeah, you gotta be there. You gotta see it. <laughs> well, and, uh, seeing a show live is, uh, different than watching it on TV. What can people expect at a pro wrestling show to hear, see, and feel? <laughs> yeah. So, so it's always different too, like what style of show you go to. Um, like my, my barber, he took his kids to the WWE pay-per-view that was just here in Indianapolis. Right. 
Right. And whenever you get a pay-per-view, it's going to be a lot more action, a lot more matches and less like promos and storyline stuff. You know what I mean? It's going to be mostly matches. And he's the type of fan that's more into the angles and like the promos and that's talking and stuff, um, which I didn't know that about him until he was like, man, that WWE pay-per-view was so boring. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I didn't see it. Why? Why was it boring? I was like, were the matches just not good? And he goes, no, it was just nonstop matches. There was no promos or no one was talking, da 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 And I was like, mm, that's interesting. I've never heard someone complain that there wasn't enough talking. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so it's it, it depends on what type of an event you go to. If you go to a TV taping like Monday Night Raw or SmackDown or, or whatever, um, you're going to see, you know, you're going to see matches, but you're going to see a lot more talking. If you go to a pay-per-view, you're going to see a lot more wrestling than talking. But if you go to an independent wrestling show, you're going to see more wrestling, but you're going to see the promos that you will see will be crowd work. You know what I mean? Crowd interaction stuff. Um, so it depends on what what type of uh, wrestling show you like. They're all different. Um, but yeah, so depending on what type of show you're going to, you're going to expect different things. Well, and um, I, we also kind of know each other through a wrestling connection. I know both uh, Diamond Dan Garza and uh, Dr. Chuck Dietzen with uh, yeah. Timmy Takedown. Uh, so I, I right. have experience as a pro wrestler as a little kid. Uh, for people that have never been in a squared circle, uh, what does yeah. it feel like? It's kind of a weird feeling to be in there. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, it's definitely a weird feeling. And everybody feels a little bit different in there, but... Um... You know, it's like I always get nervous on like the smaller shows where the crowd's smaller, but the big shows I get I'm like less nervous. It's weird, but it's with wrestling, you know, over time you can take your time and like absorb what you're doing. But a lot of times for years, whenever you start wrestling, it's like you go out there and you blink and it's over and you didn't you were so focused on what you're doing. You don't really have the moment to like take in what you're doing. Uh-huh. Um so I mean, it's just, it's just like a really weird feeling. I don't even know how to describe it. It's just it, it, there's nothing like it, you know. It's like a it's like an adrenaline rush that you'll uh, never experience in your life unless you do it. Well, and we both know uh, Rip Rogers, who's a legendary trainer uh, in wrestling. Uh, yeah, that's funny. Uh, he just yeah. he just texted me, and it just came down my screen. Oh yeah, there you go. And. Uh, yeah. He is famous for, uh, you know, uh, his work with OVW. And that was when the the initial uh, pro wrestling events that I did went on uh, was when Randy Orton was there, Brock Lesnar, yeah, you know, awesome. that, that legendary class. So uh, for people that don't know who Rip Rogers is, uh, how would you explain him? <laughs> oh, Rip Rogers isn't a person. He's a creature. Um, <laughs> he's he's very vulgar. Um and he says stuff that is very controversy and he can hurt your feelings and stuff by some of the things he says. But, and like, I know Rip on a personal level, I know him as a person and not just, you know, the wrestler and the wrestling coach Rip. And he's a good person. He's like the type of person that would give you his coat off his back or give you his last dollar if you needed it. So he's a, he's a really good guy and he's helped me out a ton. Um, not just in wrestling, like in life and stuff. Like he's helped me through some hard times and stuff. He's a good guy. He's a really good guy. Um, what What are the the best things that you've learned from him? Because he's he's a great teacher. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, honestly, everything when it comes to wrestling psychology, 
um, anything in the ring. Like, you know, but when I first got there, I was an athletic guy and I was an indie style wrestler and could do all kinds of cool stuff and do a bunch of spots and, you know, a bunch of crazy stuff. Right. Um, the flips and the tricks, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but when I got with rip, he, he, you know, he immediately took, took a liking to me because I was trained by uh, Tom Troy Van Zant, Bobby Black, Damian Cole, Hillbilly Jed, and Diamond Dan Garza. So like all those guys had a hand in training me and they're all good guys. They're all really good at what they do. Um, so he instantly was like, hey, whoever trained you, trained you right. And then I told him everybody and he's like, oh, okay, I know who you're talking about. And he's like, oh, and I love Dan. He's like, I've known Dan for years. So right. um, he instantly took a liking to me and and try to help me get better. And, uh, you know, I was so young and athletic and, and my mind was like a sponge because I wanted to be really good at it. So because this has been my whole life is wrestling. So like anything in the ring, like he taught me how to, you know, I have all these cool tricks in my, in my back pocket, but he taught me how to place them, when to do them, when not to do them, when they make sense, when they don't make sense, how you can build a story with wrestling. Like most people think the storyline is just, promos and angles well the the storyline can be told in the ring you can tell a story with a move or or whatever the business of the match is so like he taught me all that stuff um and taught me how to really put it together to be different from everyone else what are the biggest issues with professional wrestling right now that could be fixed (sighs) to be honest i don't want to give like really too death of an opinion on it because i don't watch it uh haven't watched it in a long time okay Um, But what I do see like online, you know, I'll still, you know, see it here and there online and and I hear other people talk and it's, it's like people like there's two different companies. So like, I would say with like AEW, they like treat it as a joke. Like they will let the fans in on the joke or like make a mockery of it and then want to sell you a serious match. And that's hard to do. Like you can do comedy stuff. I have no problem with comedy wrestling. I do comedy in my matches, Mm -hmm. but whenever you cross the line and make it too much comedy where you're making it a joke, it like takes people away. And I get it that majority of people know that it's, it's, you know, for show and it's all an event and all a show. But when I watch a movie and this is just my personal opinion, like when I watch a movie, one of the things that I hate the most is when the actor will break the law and remind you you're watching a movie. I don't like that. I hate that because whenever I'm watching a movie, I'm trying to escape and like mm-hmm. feel something from the movie, but that's just my personal preference. You know, there's tons of people that love that type of stuff. Um, so I think that would be one of the biggest issues. Um, and then there's no rules in wrestling anymore. So like there's no heels because everyone is breaking all the rules. So then no one can get heat. And if no one can get heat, like a heel can't be hated by everybody, then, the fans aren't going to get behind the the good guys as much. So yeah. those are just some of the issues that are the big ones that I could, you know, say, um, but I, but I don't watch again. I don't watch wrestling. So, you know, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to uh, get too much. Do you prefer uh, being a heel or a face in your experience? Uh, I love being a heel heels for <laughs> me is easier. Um, I don't really like talking as a baby face. Cause I just, I don't know. I just feel like it's cheesy and corny when a baby face talks. I think a baby face should be all about action and then the heel should be do all the talking and trash talk and stuff. So I don't know. I, I, I like being a heel the most. It's where I've been everywhere I go. I'm a heel. The only place I'm ever really a baby face is in my hometown. That's it. <laughs> but um, 
in your experience and you don't have to give away trade secrets but like is it easier to be a bad guy when you're a good person at heart you know like you can you can kind of be a different person in the ring and and channel that into a character i think i don't know or does part of who you actually are have to be woven into the character <laughs> um i don't know uh with me you know majority of it's a character but whenever i'm doing the character it's funny to me so it's like yeah. it's like what my sense of humor is so like anything i do or say it does make me laugh but it's because that's what my sense of humor is you know what i mean so and i'm sure it's different for everyone else um i've never really understood like how like guys that are jerks can be baby faces i don't, I don't really understand that um uh, but yeah, I don't know. I I've just been me my whole life. I don't know. I don't try to change anything. But whenever I'm playing my character, I will say that yeah, it is a character, but it does make me laugh. Like yeah. you know, so I guess it's just my sense of humor it makes it fun for me. Because if you're having fun, you'll do your best work. But if you're not having fun, it won't. You know what I mean? It won't be as authentic. Well, uh, it's uh, the only example I've got. But Doctor Chuck, who plays Doctor Doom. That's his yeah. alter ego. You know, he's he's pulling my hair and uh, causing any kind of pain that he can, uh, even though in real life he's a doctor that tries to alleviate pain. Yeah. So kind yeah. of the opposite yeah. of that. <laughs> um, who were some of your favorite wrestlers growing up, man? So my first ever favorite was uh, Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, um, yeah. And yeah. And my dad <laughs> would do his impression and stuff, and I love him. He was my first action figure I got as a kid. Um but then after that, it was Stone Cold Steve Austin. You know, I love Stone Cold. Um, but yeah, so those were those were my first two favorite wrestlers. Love it. the best. Um, yeah, I, I loved Stone Cold growing up. One thing that I loved about him is, and I think it still goes on at a lot of shows, <laughs> is the what chant that goes on yeah. during every promo. Yeah. I thought that he yeah. was fabulous doing that. Um, for me, I was a huge fan of uh, Brock Lesnar. Uh, and then... I met Zach Gallen uh, at one of the events that we did. I, I've wrestled him a couple times. He's a good guy. I, I was going to yeah, ask I've you, known yeah. him for a long time, yeah. I've done like a million shows with him, but uh, I wrestled him a couple times. We always had fun. He was always a good friend of mine, and uh, he's a good guy. Yeah, He could do a lot Love of Zach. things with only one leg, yeah. too, man. Yeah, he's uh, awesome. A lot of different yeah. things. Um, oh, also, I was a huge fan of uh, Kurt Angle. I thought he could do a lot of different things. Um did you did you ever watch any of uh, Kurt Angle's TNA wrestling? I feel like that's kind of a forgotten oh, yeah. part yeah. of uh, yeah. No, of his no I did. I watched. Yeah, uh, I watched pretty much like back then. You know, I was I was wrestling nonstop. So yeah, at the same time, I was watching all wrestling. Okay, uh, I was watching everything. So yeah, I saw all of his TNA stuff. So um, what when you're training with Rip? Uh, going back to that, uh, what are some of the first bumps that you take? to get ready for a, a match so so rip isn't a beginner coach so he doesn't you know have bump oh. drills at all uh he's he's you know an advanced coach so he takes guys that are already wrestling and he trains them and makes them better um so i don't remember what like the first drill or anything like that was but um yeah. you know it's a lot of you know, all right you guys get together all right everyone chain wrestle for 30 minutes okay now everybody do heat drills for 30 minutes. All right, defensive pin drills. 
like all stuff to condition you, but at the same time, make your, everything you do, your movements, your footwork, um, everything, make it crisp. And you don't really think about it because it's all muscle memory. So when you're in there doing these, these drills, you're not realizing, oh, he's doing these drills, not only for conditioning, but for footwork to make everything you do look crisp for you to get better and learn. Cause you'll be doing something and then you'll do something and be like, oh man, I didn't even know I could do that. Okay. Now I know how to, you know what I mean? So a lot of his drills were sharpening drills. Um, and then he would scream at us and, and then give us the business too. So, right. yeah, he was, he's the best. <laughs> um, when it comes to orchestrating a match, I mean, how much of it is called in the ring? Cause I, I think that's another issue that people point out with wrestling today is that it's, perform a power slant like it's yeah. it doesn't seem like it's flowing as much like it did in the end yeah and in, in yeah. days back <laughs> so so the really good ones can go out there and call it all in the ring yeah. all right we know what we're finishing with that's all we need to know we can go out there and call everything in the ring and have a great exciting match other ones that are, aren't as advanced or aren't as skilled at calling it in the ring will call everything, like plan everything uh, beforehand. Um, then, you know, there's certain times where you want to plan a little bit. Like if I'm in a big main event match and it's a blow-off match, like I want to at least – I never want to call the whole match, like prearrange it. I want to start from like – the comeback where the baby face is making a comeback and then all of our near falls, like where we almost win or lose and then some crazy, you know, chaos. And then the, the big finish, mm -hmm. um, because what I'll do is like, if it's a main event and they've had an awesome night of wrestling and they're all pumped up and it's excited, I'll slow them all the way down and bring, you know, cause wrestling's like a roller coaster. So I like to bring the audience in the main event all the way down so then they're like, come on, I want to see some action and then and bring them all the way back up. Um, and then there's, you know, when you prearrange a match too, mm -hmm. you could go out there and whatever you're doing, they might not be like liking, they might not be into it. So it's always good to know how to call stuff in the ring and call a match in the ring, because then if the audience is dead, you can, you can figure a way out to get them. Like if I go out there, I'm the first match and and i'm not if i'm in the first match i'm not prearranging anything i'll go out there and i'll see what they're what they're vibing with like oh they they're not they hate chain that's boring they're sitting on their hands right oh i took an arm drag and they went crazy okay now we'll give them some action or i take an arm drag and they're just like on their hands but whenever i'm talking to them they're into it okay we'll do more talking and then and just some big action you know what i mean so um, it's all about the fans because what we do this for is the fans, not ourselves. So I think a lot of times people forget, like wrestlers forget that in their head too. They are like, oh, I want to get this cool clip of me doing this spot and into this move. All right, well, the fans are sitting on their hands, but I'm just going through the motions because I'm wrestling for myself. You know, I think people, a lot of times wrestlers forget that the reason we do this is for the fans to enjoy themselves and escape, you know, the problems that they have going on in their life and escape reality and have a good time. So I think that's one of another big issue with wrestling today, not just in the big times, like in general, yeah. in the whole, the whole thing. So. Um, who are the best wrestlers when it comes to in-ring psychology and adding that theater element to the, to the match? Like right now, like current wrestlers. Hey. Or or back in the day, whichever ones you prefer, whichever ones. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the greatest of all time 
looking back is Macho Man Randy Savage. I think he's the greatest of all time of putting the whole thing together. And he had the, the character, the loud persona. He had the promo. He had the entrance. Like everything he did was so on point. And then his ring work, if you go back and watch those matches, dude, it looks real. Like they're rugged. They're not smooth. You know what I mean? And that's a lot. That's one thing that wrestling's missing now is so much stuff is choreographed that when they're running through these spots there, it looks too good. Like it's like, these guys are too talented to where it no longer can have any aspect of real. There's no failure. It's just like, it's too crisp and too smooth. So like when you watch his stuff, his stuff was rugged, even though his stuff was crisp, there would be moments of ruggedness, like his tie-ups, his headlocks, like just, they look legit. They look like he was really hurting somebody or trying to, um, but I would think that I, I would have to say, in my personal opinion, the greatest of all time is Randy Savage. Man, well, and I I think that um, Randy Orton, who's still around, yeah. Uh, so I, I was, so too. that was going to be my next thing. I was yeah. going to say today, current wrestler yeah. is Randy Orton for sure, one hundred percent. Because he, I mean, just to give people two Randys. Yeah. Like, he'll, yeah. Randy and Randy. That's right. Uh, you know, going uh, for people that haven't seen any of his matches, he's known as the Viper, right? Like he gets down like a snake. Yeah. I mean, all that is part of his character and it makes it believable uh, from, from your career. I mean, uh, people know that there is a predetermined ending to pro wrestling, but right. are, are you still trying to maintain your character uh, on any level while you're on the outside <laughs> or not? Um, what do you mean? Well, uh, like the Undertaker would kind of maintain <clears throat> his character even in public. I mean, I know it's different right. now, but th does any part of your character have to be maintained at all times or no? Oh, yeah. Like, this is just like me being insecure. Like anytime I go out, like I'll always make sure like I'm at least dressed like to what my character would wear. Right. Uh, yeah my hair's done, you know, stuff like that. I do do that, but that's because I'm insecure. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean a little bit, uh, but I don't stay like I used to stay in character and be a jerk everywhere. I went just for like a little while. And that got tiring. Cause I actually genuinely don't like being mean to people. So i I don't do that anymore. I'm always super nice anywhere I go. Cause I'm like, eh, I don't, I don't want to do that. But, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, so yeah, I do a little bit. Um, I also wanted to ask you, since you talked about, uh, Macho Man and his, um, matches being kind of rugged, um, you ever <clears throat> taken a receipt before? <laughs> oh yeah. Millions. <laughs> millions. How, how, how do those get worked out when somebody legitimately punches you? <laughs> eh, for me, I mean, a lot of people cry nowadays, but for me, if I got blasted, and I knew I deserved it. I just move on. Or even if I don't deserve it, if I get blasted one time, whatever, dude, this is wrestling. This isn't, we're not holding hands here. We're right. in here going at it wrestling. So I don't, I don't mind it. It's whatever. I do know a lot of people cry about it, which, you know, you don't want to go in there and snug somebody up and beat somebody up or nothing like that. But I, I don't, I don't mind it as long as you're safe, you know? Yeah. But um injuries are also just part of this uh what injuries have you had in your career so i've had uh a couple concussions that were pretty bad um and then i separated my ac joint and my shoulder and tore uh, all the 
ligaments or whatever around it, uh, which that was really bad. Um, and then uh, I've been busted open a few times, like legitimately. And uh, other than that, that's pretty much it. Luckily, knock on wood, because I haven't had anything too bad. Right. Um, but yeah, that, the only time I did get a little upset um, in a match for someone uh, being a little bit unsafe was I got power bombed on my head. And that oh, was, God. but what, when he brought me down, he, I mean, he fully like power bombed me as hard as he could, had to have my head bounced off the mat, like a basketball. And I started fighting in there and started lighting him up, giving him receipts. Cause I was pretty pissed. And then, um, when I got to the back, finished the match and he's a good guy, like we're cool, but I was a little bit upset at that point. So I, I, you know, snug him up a little bit when we got into the back. That's why it's calling me. Sorry about that. Did that cut us off? No, it's okay. Yeah, when okay. you're in the back. So when I was in the back, out of nowhere, I couldn't remember anything. I didn't okay. know I'd wrestled. I didn't know how I got there. I didn't know where I was. I didn't know where I lived. Nothing. So they had to take me to the hospital. And uh, luckily, it was okay. Like a couple hours later, I was perfectly fine. Uh, but that was that was probably the worst injury I had. Right. Well, and knowing like, you, scariest I... at least. Knowing you, man, I know you don't want to hurt anybody, but have you ever hurt anyone through a maneuver? <laughs> yeah. Uh, one time I punted this dude in the head and he turned the wrong way as I was kicking through and I was kicking through way too hard. And so I never did that ever again. And it was like, I was doing the Randy Orton punt. On oh people. God. Man, and, yeah. and I done it, you know, several times and it was fine. But that one time, man, I, I uh, kicked that dude in the head and uh, he had a seizure, was knocked out having a seizure. Oh, and I was like, I'll never do something like that again. Forget that. Nope. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I felt really bad about that. Um, that was terrible. Uh, but yeah. Oh, and then back to the concussion when I got power bombed on my head. Take a guess what my first match back was because I was off for like a month. I took a month off from the, against that, that guy. Injury. No, no, it was against Ryback. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> yeah. and, and me and him are friends, and he's like, "Is there anything you don't want to take?" I said, "I'm never taking a power bomb ever again in my life." And he goes, wow. "All right," because whenever I wrestled him on SmackDown, he power bombed me, and his power bomb was safe uh, when I took it on SmackDown. But I just, I will never take a power bomb again. I don't like taking spine busters either now because I'm like, "Oh man, okay. I'm just scared somebody's gonna slam me on my head." <laughs> so you've you've done a few uh, WWE shows in the past. Uh, I've been there a lot, like as an extra, uh, okay. but I wrestled right back once on SmackDown. Um, then I've done a couple other things on TV for WWE, but just one wrestling match. Um, well, and I'm sure pro wrestling is like anything else in entertainment. I mean, how do you break through and get to that point? Cause there's a lot of different avenues you can take to get to the major companies. <clears throat> yeah. So I got my breakthrough because I was at OVW at the time training with Rip. So Danny Davis and Rip, you know, put in the word and got me in there, which I didn't even know they did. WWE just called me one day. Right. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, it's just different. Like, you know, uh, nowadays I think it's a lot easier to get looked at by them. I think you can just email them and get looked at because back whenever I got it, like it was hard. Like, you know, you didn't even have like, cause now they have, I think they had, I don't know if they still have it, but um, for a while they had where you make a profile on the recruitment site. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they still have that or not, but um, like whenever I first went to SmackDown, 
uh, like Raw and SmackDown stuff, when they first started calling me, there wasn't any of that. They right. just call you or they don't call you. Um, so yeah. Rip and uh, Danny got me in there. Uh, but yeah, now I think it's just if you find somebody that's got the email or something, you can email them and it's pretty easy to get on. But, right. um, but yeah, back then it was pretty tough. Back in the day, too, a lot of wrestlers were just, uh, you know, chiseled out of concrete and yeah. looked like a million bucks. Uh, I'm, I'm only asking because it's part of the business. I mean, have you been pressured to take performance enhancers or use them? <laughs> no, uh, no, um, because so I had heart surgery when I was a kid, and okay. that's actually what made it really tough on me to, like, try getting in WWE. And I think that at the end of the day is reason why they never ended up signing me. Uh-huh. Um because I have the heart condition. So all my friends have known about my heart condition and stuff like that. So any like, and I didn't honestly know too many people that took steroids. Um, but no one ever pressured me. Even if a friend of mine did take that stuff, they wouldn't pressure me because they knew about the heart condition. Right. Um, but yeah. And I, honestly, there was some of the guys in OVW that were the monsters, monstrous men that never took steroids. And then there was guys that were just like, okay shape for a wrestler great shape for a normal person but okay shape for a pro wrestler and they are the ones on steroids so when i saw that i was like "Ah, there's no reason to either like you know like well a lot of a a lot of peds are really just made for recovery too you know it's for you to recover like that's what the peds are um so i mean i think that when people are taking them safe it's okay when they're putting that much on their body um, like everybody gives Conor McGregor crap about how he was taking PEDs supposedly. And it's like, dude, he snapped his leg in half. Like, I'm pretty sure that the doctors wanted him on that. Like, <laughs> I don't think he used it because he's going to be a better fighter. I don't, I think he'll be a not as good fighter still. Like he broke his leg in half, but, but yeah. So for those reasons, I never saw a reason to use steroids ever. So. Well, and I, I can't help but draw uh, comparisons to you with uh, Logan Paul, since he was a boxer and is now the the U.S. champ. I mean, are you are you following his formula to try to get famous? <laughs> uh, no, um, I actually always disliked fighting. Like I grew up, you know, in Shelbyville, Indiana, Redneck Central, and we fought like we fist fight all the time. So I always loved UFC, boxing, all that stuff. So uh, the boxing thing. Um, I just wanted to do it to do it. And, and boxing is a great conditioning thing. So whenever I first started going to boxing, I had no desire to actually have a fight. And um, I just wanted to do it for conditioning. Cause at the time it was after COVID I'd put on a bunch of weight and uh, look not good and was not in good condition. So like I, my breathing was bad. And I was like, if I get into wrestling, like again, like I'm going to be gas. So I did boxing actually to get in shape. Um, and I, and spar and I love getting in there and sparring with people. Uh, but no, Logan Paul though. Uh, did you watch his last boxing match? I didn't with no. Dylan Danis. No, he, dude, he's terrible, bro. Uh, okay. <laughs> Neither of those guys can box. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> terrible. He, he, um, he, well, I thought he started as a YouTuber, right? Like that was his initial yeah, yeah. fame. So, yeah, um, yeah. and with your, with your social media, I checked it out. Um, do you have like a marketing person or are you doing all that on your own? I do it all on my own. Okay. Like That's I awesome. have a, 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 like a videographer and like photographer and stuff that, that I work with, but, uh, but mostly it's done on my own. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I know it's, you know, it's probably a matter of messaging people and getting things spread to, to different accounts, but um, 
how do you build a following now in 2023? What would be your advice to people? So uh, it's changed a lot over the past couple of years. So algorithms, Instagram reels, TikToks, and Facebook reels and stuff like that is the best way because those those platforms will push your content out to more people that aren't following you. So like that's the best way is reels. And, and you know, it's all about unique reels or making people laugh, entertainment, stuff like that. But it's pretty hard, man. It's, it's, it's hard, but it's easy. It's hard to learn, but once you learn it, it's super easy. Super easy. Well, it's also, and if you, I think there's a documentary on Netflix. It's, I feel like it would be addicting too, because you want that dopamine hit of the likes and yeah, all the content. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Yeah, we'll yeah. See. I've I've tried. I was like that for a long time, and I've tried to just leave the leave that alone because I don't like being on my phone too much anymore. And I used to be on my phone twenty four seven, and now I'm like, nah, I don't want to be on it. Trying not to be for me. Um, yeah. Have you seen the uh, OVW Netflix show? Since, since I oh, yeah. 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 It was awesome. Have yeah. you had a chance yeah. to meet Al Snell? I'm sure you have. Oh, yeah. Al was, uh, he was in charge of TV when I was in OVW. So I know Al really, really well. Um, so, like the entire time I was in OVW, he was in charge. Um, so, and I learned a ton from Al, too. And I, you know, trained with Al as well. Um, he would have classes on Wednesdays before OVW TV tapings back then. And, and I learned a lot from him about character development and stuff like that. So the wrestling stuff, you know, um, I learned majority of it from rip, but then when it came to wrestling on TV, working a program and a storyline, how to do business on TV, all that stuff. I learned all that from Al character development, learned all that from Al. So Al, Al is, um, is one name I have to thank big yeah. time. Uh, can we expect you on season two of that program? <laughs> nah, <laughs> no, I don't. Are they having a season two? They might. I, I hope they do. I thought it was a really well done uh, yeah. look into yeah. how it's all done. It gives people yeah. a good idea. So yeah, yeah, no, it was it was awesome. Uh, I really enjoyed the show. It was cool to see. Uh, but no, I, I don't I don't want to say never, but um, right. at least for the 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 Netflix show, I won't be on that. Um, but I don't know if I'll be back in OBW anytime soon or not. Uh, cause currently I'm wrestling for Derby city wrestling that's on TV in Kentucky as well. Okay. Um, so as long as I'm doing that, I'll be with them. I won't be able to go back to OBW, but, okay. um, but yeah, I'm not sure. Um, none of my business, but it, I think it's interesting, uh, to people are wrestlers, independent contractors. And like, how much do you make in a given show? Yeah. So there's all different levels. Uh, everyone's independent contractor, um, you know, and you can take as many shows you want or not do as, you know, you, your job is to get on shows. If you're, if you're wanting to do this for real, you want to get on as many shows as you can. Sure. Um, so, but when you're trying to get on as many shows as you can, you're not going to get paid as much. So with me, I do, I do less shows, um, because I'm trying to make more money because I'm at 17 years in wrestling. Like I need the money. Like, um, so I, I honestly don't know what guys get paid these days. Um, but I would think that I'm probably one of the highest, if not the highest payest uh, paid on the shows that I do, unless there's like a name on the show, but, um, but they don't make much people wrestlers make majority of their money off of merchandise. Okay. Do you have merchandise available that you want to promote now? Yeah, I got a t-shirt store online, prowrestlingtees.com. 
uh, backslash Dylan Bostic. And then I have music out on Apple uh, Music, iTunes, Spotify, all that stuff, wherever yeah. you stream. So I, I get royalties royalties from that too. So if you stream my music, appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, um, not to be confused with Blood, Sweat, and Tears, the uh, jazz rock band from the 60s, which right, I right, right. Enough- which oddly enough was an influence on my dad's band, uh, Chooch and the Enchanter. So I just wanted nice. to mention that. Nice. Here. That's funny. Um, also, man, um, I wanted to ask, uh, just because I think this is a career where uh, the characters are a little bit uh, immortalized, especially those that unfortunately died uh, from being right. part of the business. But like, do you fear about, do you fear um, aging at all and how that might impact your character? <laughs> uh no because when your age changes you change the character so for like the longest time i was uh like a justin bieber you know what i mean style wrestler um but then i changed so like once i started getting a little too old and people less people hated justin bieber because he changed you know he changed who he was so like as i switched i switched over to another guy switched over to kind of like a conor mcgregor style so as you get older, you just change and to develop. You just got to know how to develop your character and stuff like that. But, um, but no, I, I do kind of get worried about the aging thing. Cause I've definitely, uh, definitely don't feel the same as I used to <laughs> and like getting, trying to get back into the shape that I once was in is way harder than it was whenever I was, you know, 25. But, uh, but yeah, the age thing worries me because this is all I've ever done and all I've known. Um, but you just gotta adapt you gotta adapt and and you know change for the way life's changing so i uh i hate to take a morbid turn but uh when people decide to be a professional wrestler a lot of times those folks uh do pass away sooner than we want them to uh is there any wrestler that passed away that you wish they could have had more time to perform uh like that were active wrestling yeah yeah there were there are Eddie a lot Guerrero of for sure Eddie Guerrero yeah. for sure Eddie yeah. Guerrero at that time was my favorite wrestler at he that did. time yeah. and uh yeah when he when he passed away I was heartbroken and I think his last match ever was in Indianapolis and it was against um Mr. Kennedy no kidding wow I didn't know yeah. that was in yeah Indy. I'm pretty sure that was his last match and I think I think that was his last match, but I think he passed away in Minneapolis, Minnesota, because they were getting ready to do a show there. He was in his hotel room, but I think their his last match was in Indy. Yeah. Well, and I, I've been watching back uh, old shows on Peacock, because you can stream all of the episodes uh, in WWE, and uh, he had a great... Oh, you okay. you can? Yeah. No, I went back and you watched... You can go all uh, the way back? Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know I, that. I watched... Um, Dang, I might have to get Peacock. I'm telling you, man, it's worth it. Because I've been, I've been wanting to. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say I've been wanting to go back and like watch all the. Do they have WCW on there? Oh yeah, dude, all of it. Man. Yeah, I want to go through all <laughs> the old episodes, yeah, and the yeah. Attitude Era and stuff. Yeah. Um, but this was shortly before Eddie became WWE champion against uh, Brock. He was in Indianapolis and just said, "Hola, de Indianapolis." It was just awesome to, <laughs> to hear him say that because uh, he was such yeah. a real character. Um. Let me see what else I wanted to get to, man. Um, are are you worried about the lifestyle of a professional wrestler? I mean, because you've taken a lot of bumps and like, I, I would think that drinking is just part of what you have to do after shows sometimes. You know what? 
uh, I actually lived a way healthier lifestyle when I was wrestling all the time. You know, I would drink a little bit, but uh, whenever I took like a year off um, completely, that's whenever it was bad. Like, so I was drinking every day, all day, whiskey, smoking, you know what I mean? That was that was terrifying when, when I look back, I'm like, Oh man, I was really, really bad. Like, um, so it was actually not the wrestling lifestyle that, that was bad to me. It was after wrestling. Um, so, but you know, and everybody's different, but I think that wrestling, the wrestling world has changed, uh, because of so many people have died and stuff like guys don't really do drugs like they used to. They don't drink like they used to, you know what I mean? And that's a, that's a really good thing um they don't really party like they used to you know what i mean so like um you know whenever i would go up to quebec city that was the one city i would party in a little bit and it wasn't like a party we would all go from the show go to this bar and we'd have a few drinks you know it wasn't anything crazy but that was the that was the city that i drank the most because i would have you know maybe instead of one or two drinks i'd have like three or four drinks um you know but and a couple times get drunk, but, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, people don't really do that stuff anymore. Right. It's a lot more tame than it used to be. Um, also, I, I don't want to exclude, uh, this part of the show. Uh, did you have a favorite diva growing up? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Go Tor- ahead. Tor- Tori Wilson for sure. Me too. Oh yeah. Tor- I was in love with Tori Wilson. I followed her on Instagram the other day. I'm hoping she'll like DM me or something. <laughs> she <laughs> needs to follow me back. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it, divas do so much more now uh, than they used to. Yeah. A lot of it was more about promoting like Playboy and other things. Uh, more about looks. that's that's what I liked. Yeah. <laughs> we, <laughs> yeah. We need to go back to that. We need to go back to that. I uh, I'll admit I Trish Stratus is probably my first crush uh, ever. Nice. And, I like uh, Trish too. I like Trish too. I met yeah. Stacy Stacy Keebler. I met her. Wow. Yeah. When I was like when I was like. I don't know. I was probably like 11. <laughs> okay, cool. But, uh, she dated George Clooney, you know, so I, mean, I know. Yeah. Um, so I wrestled, we used to do an OVW show once a month in Augusta, Kentucky. And that's where George Clooney's from. And it's a small town and uh, his family would be at the shows. George Clooney's family would be at the rest of OVW shows. It was cool. Cool. Yeah, wrestled in front of his nephew. That's funny. That's awesome. <laughs> but, um, also, uh, I don't want to exclude her because she was she actually had some ability. Like Lita, oh yeah, was tremendous. She could do things yeah. off the top. Lita, of Lita and Trish, yeah, Lita yeah. and Trish. Um, also, uh, I, I read that your uh, finishing move is off the top turnbuckle. No, or no, nah, no. Nah. You don't do that anymore. I don't. I don't know why. I never even done that. I don't know why that says that. Okay. I think I did a shooting star press a few times when i was like 15 and first starting out and then i got hurt doing it one time and it scared me and i stopped doing that but yeah no i haven't i haven't used the uh finisher off the top in a long time okay yeah, yeah. um uh, well and the the shoot since you brought up the shooting star press uh the one that always comes to people's mind is the one that brock did and missed <laughs> yeah, that was like awesome yeah um <laughs> well how does it feel to come off the top rope and jump off of that uh well it depends on what you're doing like if i'm just sure. doing a cross body or something you know basic and easy and safe yeah 
no big deal. Even a swanton. When I would do a, I used to do swantons back when I was young. I would do swantons all the time because when I first started, I was real little, mm-hmm. so I'd have to. I was only fifteen years old, so I had to do all the high flying stuff. But when I would do a swanton, that wasn't nerve nerve wracking either because uh-huh. I would actually rather do a swanton off the top and miss and land on the mat than take a hip toss because you got all that time, all that air to like disperse the energy and land perfect. So that, that never hurt. Um, but doing like a backflip off the top rope, that's like fun. That's like a fun feeling like being on a roller coaster, the shooting star press though. Every time I did it, dude, that was scary. Uh, yeah, no. And then one time I didn't get all the way over and I landed on my forehead and scooted and my neck popped and I had mat burn all down my face. And I was like, never again. Nope. Jeez. <laughs> I'm done. Um, were you a fan of uh, the Hardy Boys? I was a huge fan of them. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. I was a big fan of them when I was a kid. Love them. <laughs> uh, yeah. Gosh. And, and Matt Hardy, I think it's still around do, doing some different shows. I don't, Jeff has had his issues, but. Uh, I think they're both in AEW, actually. I think. I, think. I don't know. I think so. <laughs> Rick Flair is now in AEW, which God, I can't believe he's still around. Uh, <laughs> as far as uh, we we've talked about promos a little, uh, was there anyone that you favored when it came to their mic ability? Um, probably, probably The Rock. Obviously, just because he was so witty and so clever, like his <laughs> promos were 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 really good but randy savage again like randy savage just had that intensity and i I actually one of my favorite promos ironically sid vicious when i watched his promos it's not like him talking that's good it's his facials and just like the way something about him that was believable right you know his promos were great um well and i there are particular wrestlers that just have a good look like Roman Reigns has a really good look for being a pro wrestler. How much of that is part of the business? The look of somebody, you know, not everyone can be Roman Reigns. Like if, if you had 30 guys and they all look like Roman Reigns, the show (laughs) wouldn't be any good. You know what I mean? So, so I try to tell people when you're starting out in wrestling, look at yourself in the mirror and decide what you can do in the show, right? So, you know, if you look in the mirror and you're you're 6'2", uh, 300 pounds, but you're not muscular, you're just big and burly and you have a belly, mm-hmm. cool. That's great. That's a look. Everyone has a look. You just have to know what your look is. Like when when you're a big fat guy, don't lose a bunch of weight because now you're just like the guy that lost a bunch of weight own what you are, be athletic, be in shape. You can, you can be a, like, uh, I don't know if you know, Hillbilly Jed, mm-hmm. you know, Hillbilly Jed. So, yeah. you know, he's, he's a big heavy set guy, massive and not very tall, but dude, he's athletic and in shape. He can go in a ring and he can do all kinds of stuff. And he, and he's, he's got the, he's got it. He's got what his guy is. You know what I mean? Right. So there's always, you can always do whatever, um, with what you have, you know? So, but you need to know what you have. Like you can't try to change too much. You know what I mean? So yeah, you know, everybody's got to have a different look. Can't all be the same. <laughs> uh, to give people a comparable, uh, who would you compare your character to now that people would recognize? Uh, 
still like Conor McGregor-ish. So like my character is uh, rich, successful snob. That's literally it. Rich, successful snob. And everybody hates the guy that's doing better than them. So like I just try to always be like that arrogant, like, look at me, I'm great. You know what I mean? That's just, that's just what my gimmick is. So, okay. And it's easy for me to do with this face. <laughs> cool. Um, well, I, I always loved, uh, even though I think part of his personality was woven into it, uh, the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. I think he's one of the best, uh, when it comes yeah. to, uh, being in ring. Um, was it one thing that I wanted to do that Mike, that, um, uh, Shawn Michaels always did was nip up. Are you able to do that? I wanted to ask you. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Okay. Yep. I, all that stuff. I didn't know if you could or not. That, that's one thing <laughs> I always wanted to do. Um, let's see what else? There's anything else I wanted to get to here? Oh, uh, <clears throat> you want to work eventually as like a writer or an agent backstage? I mean, at some point you can do different roles down the line. Yeah, I don't know if I'd ever want to be a writer. Uh, those guys have a hard a hard job and they take a lot of criticism and they get, they're the first to get fired. Right. Uh, but agenting, I would love to be an agent backstage. Uh, that would be, you know, fun. Um, and it, it would be, it'd be like wrestling, but you don't have to get in there and kill yourself. You can, you yeah. don't have to take the bumps. Right. So agenting would be a cool job, uh, or producer job, something like that. But I would, I would never want to be a writer. That'd be, that'd be too much stress. <laughs> well, I was surprised, uh, you know, cause John Cena came back with the writer's strike. Like they're not under, uh, that union. I thought that they would be doing 52 shows a year, you know, but it's a different thing. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know, uh, what, what went into the, what went into the production. Um, uh, I know you mentioned <clears throat> that you wrestled, uh, Ryback. Uh, is there anyone else famous that you've wrestled that you want to mention here? <laughs> Yeah, I've wrestled Ryback a bunch of times. I've wrestled uh, Jerry the King Lawler a couple times, uh, okay. Billy Gunn a, a Billy Gunn a few times. Uh, I beat up Rhino and Tommy Dreamer and got put through a table by Devon Dudley, uh, or not Devon Dudley, Bubba Ray Dudley. And then, uh, yeah, Moxley. I wrestled John Moxley, but like way back in the day, like in front of like twenty people. <laughs> uh, but I mean, a lot of my friends made it like there's a lot of people that I used to either wrestle on shows with or was friends with that are in WWE right. uh, or AEW. So wrestled MJF when he first started wrestling and he busted oh, my wow. eardrum. Yeah. yeah. When he, he was like a month in, wrestled him out in LA and okay. uh, he busted my eardrum. He slapped me in the ear. MJF uh, is, is the only guy that right now that I can think of where um, – he really like seems to embody <laughs> that character on and off TV. He really seems to be that guy. Yeah. It yeah. Is, that's, I, that's him. <laughs> okay. I didn't yeah. know. If, no, he's, uh, a, yeah. he's a cool guy. He's a cool guy to me. Uh, but like, I don't really ever judge people by the way they treat me. Um, especially like in his position at that point, he had just started wrestling. You know what uh -huh. I mean? So um, he was, you know, trying to get better and trying to make his way into wrestling. So, and I was, you know, me so obviously he's gonna be nice to me especially when i'm wrestling with him but um right but yeah so he was cool to me but but no he doesn't he's that's him like his character on tv that's how he talks that's, that's how he is so. <laughs> um did you have uh since you mentioned jerry the king lawler uh i was always preferenced uh preference toward uh jim ross and and the king on commentary uh do you have any kind of 
advice for folks that want to be a broadcaster uh, with professional wrestling? Um, yeah, I mean, there's so like when people come and they're like, oh, I want to be a part and I want to be a wrestler, right? Let's say you don't have the athletic ability, you don't have you you can't do it like because there's people that come and train and they they're just never going to be able to do it um even at a, a local level but maybe they have a great voice uh and you know a good face right start trying to do broadcasting you can go you can go to local independent shows that do live streams on facebook and be like hey can i join the commentary team and of course they're going to say yes because people don't think about oh there's all kinds of different jobs to be a part of the show um, so you could go there, start, you know, start trying it out, see if you can get better, start asking people for advice, um, and go from there and wear a good suit. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But, yeah. Look the part too. That's, that's good for anything doing, yeah. uh, broadcasting, but, uh, heavy part of the show here, Dylan, uh, best life lessons that you've learned from being a pro wrestler. Oh, life lessons, man. There's so many, um, because with wrestling, Wrestling, you learn a lot about life, like with, you know, people, you learn to not get a taken, not get taken advantage of, you learn how majority of things in the world are a scam, and they're just out to get you like, there's a lot that you learn in wrestling. Um, and it's very easy to catch on in life. Um, so that's, that's one of the key things. But uh, another major thing is to always stay humble, um, to never never think that you deserve anything because we don't deserve anything. Like, you know, you have to earn everything. Um, so, um, just, just be humble and, um, yeah. And don't get scammed by people. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's great advice, uh, moving forward for anybody. Um, best advice that you've received in your career. Best advice. Man, that's a, that's a tough one, especially with training with rip. Yeah, you, know, you can give us a lot pieces. of rip. Rip had a had a, a lot of good lessons. Um, man, that's a tough one. You stumped me. Take your time, uh, brother. If you want to give multiple, you can do geez. that. I mean, one one thing I've learned is is staying active and staying ready rather than having to get ready. And actually, RG3, do you remember the football player RG3? I do, yeah. He gave me this. He gave me this advice. So when I took that year off, when COVID hit, and I was dealing with depression and, and alcoholism and stuff, and a bad, you know, I was just in a bad spot, hmm. I got completely out of shape and then happened to get back in shape and change my life and, and be good again was so hard, was so hard. Um, so just staying ready. Um, even if, even if you think that it's over for you and you don't want to do it anymore, still go to the gym, still live a healthy lifestyle, still stay ready because you never know. You might get the call one day, Hey, uh, get back into this and it might make sense. Like, so when I got back into wrestling full time, cause I started doing like shows here and there just to see my friends and make, you know, a little bit of money. But, um, when I started really getting back into it was I got a call from, uh, Dave Marquez, a guy I used to wrestle for out in LA for championship wrestling from Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And he was like, Hey, we're starting a show um, in Louisville. Let's have a meeting. So I met with him and uh, Gilbert Corsi down in Louisville. And we were talking about this, starting this new wrestling show called Derby city wrestling. It's going to be TV, uh, big, massive production, like 
it's like WWE AEW quality production, but on a smaller scale, we have like maybe 500 to a thousand people a show. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, but it looks awesome and uh, it's a good TV show. And so when we, we talked, I was under the impression I was going to help out backstage, have some matches, whatever. So my thought was, okay, I'm just going to do little matches to help build guys up. And my job mainly is going to be helping out with other stuff that they need backstage and stuff. I get there the first day because they didn't really tell me much about the show i'm just so i show up and uh i'm in the main event wrestling elijah burke for 20 minutes and i'm winning i'm going over and then i have and then i have three promos on the other tapings because we do four weeks of tv in one night and rip looks at me because i didn't stay ready and i didn't get ready i was not ready for this (laughs) rip looks at me he goes you're gonna die in the ring and i'm like what why he goes, read the sheet. I read it and I go, oh no. He goes, you're going to die. He got scared. And so when I'm wrestling with him and I'm going hard, cause like, I only like, especially with TV, I don't want to look bad. I will never want to make myself look bad. I'm like, I put myself in this position. I got to at least do the best I can. So I'm just going at it with him and like, we're going hard and intense. And then about 10, 15 minutes into it, you just see my gas tank go all the way to zero and I just crash and burn. And I looked awful i had a big gut i just looked terrible worst i've ever looked on a wrestling show and uh anyway but when i even though i gassed out in that match i had so much fun working with elijah burke and working with dave marquez and and just the show i was like man that passion for wrestling is inside me again like i want to i want to do this again so for the past six months, I've had to work hard on changing habits and eliminating bad stuff out of my life and getting back into shape. So, so really the best advice I can give somebody or that I've received and pass on to everybody is stay ready. Just stay on a healthy course and stay in a good, a good place in your life. But Awesome. Because uh, I would have to do all this work to get back in shape. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, man. Congratulations on uh, the progress so far. Uh, for folks that want to connect with you and check out what you're doing, uh, where can they find you? So uh, I'm mainly on Instagram now, at Dylan Bostic. Um, and then over on X, it's at Dylan underscore Bostic. I'm still on there a little bit, but that algorithm has completely died. So I don't <laughs> use it as much because I'm not reaching uh, what I used to reach. Um, I'm, I'm reaching like 10% of what I reached before. I don't know why. It's my weird. Instagram has but, died uh, too pretty pretty good. but My Instagram's uh-huh. still okay, uh, but my Twitter is dead. I don't know what happened with, a, with Twitter, but... Elon has screwed that up for everybody, uh, so that's that's wonderful. But, yeah, uh, so I thought I was shadow banned for a while, and then I had someone run a shadow ban search on my account to see if it's shadow banned. It's not. I'm like, hmm, right. that's weird. Well, and you, you don't pay the three bucks to be verified, do you? Like, don't waste your money with that. Oh, yeah, I still have that, yeah. I okay. still have that. But the thing about it is if you click on the little uh, little check mark thing, it'll tell you the date that you were verified. So, okay. like, when these accounts, like, try to reach out to me and act like they're somebody or whatever, I just click on their verified badge. It's like, oh, they got verified this month. Oh, okay. <laughs> Mine says 2017. You know what I mean? So. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> But, good deal uh dylan is there anything else you want to add here in the last couple of minutes we got no that's good right, man. i've said a lot yeah so <laughs> okay cool man i appreciate uh you taking time to be on the show it's been an honor yeah, no to, problem. to learn about it yeah no problem i'm glad that uh we were able to finally work this out and stuff so 
All right. Uh, folks, to check out this episode again, you can make your way over to uh, linktree.com slash JBK on air. You can also follow me at JBK on air on all social media platforms. Uh, there's also a link to donate to the program if you feel compelled. And next, uh, <clears throat> Until next time, have a great day and a better tomorrow.